You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, it's been some couple of days, even by Welsh rugby standards, but this has been pretty mad. And at times like this, we like to call upon someone who knows such matters, uh, a man who's been living and breathing Project Reset for the last few days, top journalist and friend of the show, Stefan Thomas. Steph, thanks for joining us. Uh, no worries. This, is, this feels like 2003 all over again, doesn't it? Um, yeah, it was cert- it's certainly been a very chaotic week. Um you know, as as a journalist, I mean, in Six Nations Week, you expect it to be to be really busy. But yeah. I've not even thought about the test match on Saturday. It's not even entered my mind, if I'm being honest. I've been so um, so engulfed in in the politics in Welsh rugby. It's um, you know, I always say nothing surprises me in Welsh rugby anymore. But this week was was absolutely bonkers, and the scary thing is the week isn't over yet. So. Um, who knows what what twists and turns await us? But yeah, certainly, um, certainly a very strange week. Well, so much has happened in just forty eight hours, really. One thing we can be clear on now is that a proposed merger between the Ospreys and Scarlets is definitely off the table. That's gone, right? Um, for the time being, I think you know it, it is off the table. Uh, look, look, it's it's very difficult. It, it's very difficult um, circumstances that the the four professional sides in Wales are operating in. I don't really like to use the term region, to be mm. honest. I think it's a nonsense term, if I'm being honest. Um, but I think, look, there's not one region in Wales who are who can honestly say they're in a great financial position in comparison to the French and English clubs. You know, that, that would be foolish. Um, it, it's this merger. Obviously, when when you look read between the lines, they they they've been public in saying that they wanted a North Wales region. Mm-hmm. That 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 was on the table. Um, if you, if you read the the press release from PRB yesterday, um, so obviously 
none of us know the ins and outs because we weren't in the meetings, obviously. But so if you if if you if you consider that there would have been a region and a professional size in in North Wales, um, Welsh rugby can barely afford four four professional size, let alone five. So that obviously means that one has to go; they they have to merge. Um, and currently, um, you know the the, Os- the Ospreys and the Scarlets look to be the the two sides who were who would have merged, but now um, the Ospreys have, you know, they've come out fighting, they come out swinging, and they they dead they dead set against uh, a merger with the Scarlets, and um, both have put statements out saying that a merger is off the table, will not be happening. So it's very difficult to see how how that sort of how they obviously admitted there have been talks, they signed a heads of agreement that for a merger to go ahead, obviously they, they then pulled out of it, you know. So um obviously they were seriously considering it. They were very close to it, but there's been a big you know, it's be, it'd be very hard to heal that relationship in a short yeah. space of time, wouldn't it? So I I can't really see it happening, certainly for the foreseeable future. Yeah, as you mentioned there, PRB, Scarlet's, Ospreys have all issued statements, uh, a couple of statements in, in the Ospreys case. Scarlet's and the PRB claim that the regions instigated the merger chats. The Ospreys claim otherwise, and this has been a bit of a stitch-up. Now, presumably, one of the sides of these arguments isn't telling the truth. Look, um, <clears throat> I wasn't in these meetings, um, so I obviously don't know the ins and outs. Uh, only the people that were involved do so. But the, the key thing is, the key point, the Ospreys, um, obviously, they're fighting for their survival. Otherwise, mm. they wouldn't be putting out statements like this. And they came out and they've said that it wasn't instigated by them as a stitcher, etc. Um, but then, the, you know, the, they said they weren't on the verge of joining, of merging with the Scarlets. But then PRB, and bearing in mind, you know, they, they, they brought a statement out and they said that that, that was the way that they were going, they were going to move forward. But, you know, and, and what happened in, in the, in the meeting was maybe not the same as what the Ospreys were saying. Interpret that as you will. Um, but that, that statement was, was signed obviously by the WIU, um, the members of the WIU in, in the PRB, um, the, the independents and, um, uh, the chairman of Cardiff Blues, hmm. the Scarlets and, and the Dragons. So it wasn't just the Scarlets saying that the Ospreys um, you know, the, the Ospreys want, and the Scarlets were talking and they were on the verge of, of merging and they'd sign the heads of agreement. It, it was the other regions as well, the WIU and the Independents. So, um, look, you know, it, it was an extraordinary, the three press releases that the Ospreys have, 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 um, have released, uh, you know, they, they've been extraordinary in, in terms of, his co- of their content. I mean, the tone of them have been very, um, you know, confrontational. Yeah, you know, they, they, they I, I understand that. I'm not mm. saying there's anything wrong with that. They're, they, they're fighting for the future of professional rugby in, in Swansea, in Neath, in, in Bridgend, and, and they're absolutely right to do that. They've been a, a fantastic, fantastic region, the most successful by a long shot, apart from the last couple of years. They mm. produced, I think it's about, since rugby went regional, 30% of international players have played for Wales have come from the Ospreys. And I think it's an absolute disgrace, really, that if there ever was any discussion to get rid of the Ospreys or stitch them up, I'm not saying there was, mm. but if that was the case, I think it, it's utterly disgraceful. I think that they've done a fantastic job for Welsh rugby, but I do find it very, what I find very strange, Jed, is 
So the, the Scarless came out uh, and they, today with a statement, and they, it's virtually, you've probably read it, your mm. listeners have probably wow. read it, it's a, it's a timeline <clears throat> of events, and they say that the Ospreys approached the Scarless, <coughs> excuse me, so they approached Scarless in December 2018, they, they, you know, over the possibility of having a merger. Mm. Now, presumably, <coughs> excuse me, presumably that then broke down, and the Scarless claim that they they all you know that they they approached uh, the blues then you know for for a merger that fell through um so now they saying that the Ospreys approached the Scarless for a merger now the talk from what I've heard is that th- this might not have been a merger it might have been more of a takeover that's that's the talk um I've been told by very reliable sources uh, and other people have yeah. been told that as well. So if if they, if they had signed, right, and it is a fact, according to PRB, and obviously they wouldn't have said it unless they could prove it, if they had signed a heads of agreement to merge with the Scarlets, right, and, and, and if, if this merger, takeover, wherever the hell it is, if it would have been scarlet centric, if they'd have been playing in Chanesi, um, if they'd been wearing red, look, I'm not sure if, if that was the case, right? Mm. And w- they they must have known that before signing the heads of agreement. That made me, you know, that's my that's the way I'm looking at it. That's what's confusing me. So why are they then coming out saying that they don't they don't want to merge with the scarlet when allegedly they they instigated the the merger in the first place? I don't don't really understand it. And why would they want to to do that? I mean, I know the WIA want a region in North Wales, but it's surely they would have they would have thought that you know they would have stood up and said we're, we're, maybe they did you know and we're staying on our own we're the strongest region this and that. But I, I don't. There's a lot of questions that haven't been answered here, and um, it, it's it, it's. You know, it's very hard to get your head around because you try and think about it logically and a lot of it adds up, but mm. some of it really doesn't. And it's just the fact that a heads of agreement was signed and suddenly the Ospreys are, are fine on their own. It's hard to sort of... Well, yeah, and I, I mean, the thing is, when a heads of agreement is is signed, you know, the, what you're saying there is that the broad principles of an agreement are you know, you're on board with. So in a situation like this, that would be, and again, I I don't know, I'm not privy to these conversations, but you would presume the financial details, what might happen, you know, what might happen with the squads, like you said, where they'd be playing, where they'd be training, what kit they'd be wearing, what the club would be, you know, or potentially what the club might be called. Now, if as the, you know, as the Scarlet's uh, timeline suggests and the PRB have said, (coughs) if that heads of terms was signed on Friday, and then the meeting on Tuesday, the Ospreys, uh, the Ospreys chairman, Mike James, has walked out of at the very start. Either he's not read that agreement before signing it or something drastic has changed in the interim period. That's the bit that, yeah. that is really, really puzzling me. Look, I'm no, I'm no lawyer, right? But I'm pretty sure that signing a heads of agreement, it's not, it's not legally binding. They have mm. to go through with it. Um, so... Maybe something can change. As as you said, as I said, 
we weren't privy to these conversations, so we, we can't say anything with certainty. But all I can say is that there are, there are a lot of questions and a lot of things that just don't add up in this. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, clearly, if they'd come together, then, you know, they would have had a very, very strong squad. Um, their mm. budget would have been significantly higher. Um, the problem would have been fans, obviously, um, maybe turning away. But it was an interesting line in the Scarlet statement. I can't remember what it was word for word, but I think they said something along the lines of, we, you know, there was an agreement of a merger that mm. we think Scarlet fans would have been happy That's with. That's right, yeah, the terms they would have been happy with or something along those lines. Now, I know every single Scarlet fan I know, and I know a lot of them, have all told me that they would not support a merger unless it was Scarlet playing in Finesse wearing red. Um you know, this is just an interpretation. There's no factual evidence here, obviously, but I can't imagine um, Scarlet fans would have been happy with a region called the West Wales Cowboys or something, you know. <laughs> so, presumably, um, it, it might have been Scarlet-centric and maybe that's why the Ospreys obviously didn't, didn't fancy going for it. And I don't know if that's the case, and that's fair enough. But the fact that they signed the heads of agreement and then backed out is and then suddenly they're they're fine to go on their own, um, you know, because they were quoted and Osprey sources quoted in the rugby paper last Saturday, yeah. a name source saying that you know they were in a good financial position. Well, if you're in a good financial position, I'm not saying that they're not, but if you are in a good financial position, why are you going around asking people to merge? You well, know, yeah, precisely. Logic would dictate that you wouldn't be, you wouldn't have started merger talks with the Scarlets pre-Christmas, then the Blues post-Christmas, and then the Scarlets again. That, you know, that, again, just looking at those actions would lead you to imply that... that and again, we don't know the, the finances of it, and, and we're not... No. We, we can't look at that, but you can... All you can do is interpret the actions, and those actions suggest, uh, you know, suggest that if you're having to merge, then you're considerably weaker, you know, in a considerably weaker position... Than, than the other regions. Yeah, but why... why yeah, you're right. And I'm not saying that the Ospreys aren't in a good financial position. All I'm saying is, it just doesn't add up, does it? No, it doesn't. There are a lot of questions that, that need to be answered and probably won't get answers. But, uh, yeah, it's um, certainly been a bit of a rollercoaster a couple of days, to be honest. It has. And I, I don't want to come across here like I'm being anti-Ospreys at all because, actually, I, I really echo those sentiments that you've said in terms of the success that they've had on the pitch and, you know, I, I really, really feel for the fans in, in this scenario. It's just some of the actions by the leading, you know, by the leading lights in the Ospreys here, they don't add up, as you say. And they're the things that, that I think really need to be, you know, need to be answered. Because if they were looking for a merger, which we believe they were, that doesn't suggest that they were in as healthy a position or a healthy enough position to, to go it alone. So it, it, you know, it's a really, really um, precarious situation. Something else that, that I want to touch upon, as we've, as you mentioned there, professional side in North Wales has been, you know, has been widely publicised over the last week or so. <clears throat> One thing that I was, that, you know, is a bit of a head scratcher for me here is, is there enough evidence that suggests that it's any more financially viable than, than a region like the Ospreys? I think the evidence is to the contrary. I think there's more evidence that it wouldn't be financially viable, if I'm being honest. Mm. I mean, I'm, 
I, I'm all for growing the game. I think that North Wales has been neglected for years. Yeah. And I think um, the W to the credit are trying to sort that out. I mean, obviously RGC get more funding than any, any of the other um, semi-professional sides mm. in the Principality Premiership. And I'm not saying that it shouldn't be a target of the WIU, excuse me, to um, to have a professional outfit in North Wales in the long run. But as we currently stand, professional rugby in Wales isn't ready for a North Walesian region. <clears throat> Nowhere near. And I think it is, I, I'm sorry, I think it is an absolute, I'm not going to hold back here, I think it's an absolute disgrace, and disgrace is the word to use, it is an absolute disgrace that, if the WU are considering the North Wales region ahead of the Ospreys, you know, and, and why, you know, again, I mean, why, if you know, if you were a Dragons fan, mm. right, which I and, am, uh, the Os- and the Ospreys went through, mm. could you look an Ospreys fan in the eye and say that, that the Dragons is a, a professional team and uh, you didn't after what they've done then for professional rugby in Wales? The Ospreys have been the bedrock of, you know. Three Grand Slams. They produce numerous British and Irish mm. Lions. They produce some of the best players in the world. You know, Scarlett and the Blues have done good as well. But the Ospreys have really, really been a success story. It, it, not, not in every way. I know the Crows aren't great at the moment, but on the whole, they've been a real success story of of regional rugby. And for them to, for they even to have been a consideration to get rid of the Ospreys for a pipe dream in North Wales, and mm. that's what it is—a pipe dream—is an absolute disgrace. Look, I understand all that stuff completely, and you know, to come back to to come back to the dragon's point, that was very much going to be another one of my questions because there is there is no denying it. Looking at the results on the pitch for over ten years, the dragons have been, you know, it's been a dire situation there, and not even compared to the ospreys, it's been dire compared to the you know compared to the likes of, you know, it's comparable to zebra or someone someone of that yeah. ilk. So, yeah, you know, look. Absolutely, I, I have I have every sympathy for um for Ospreys fans here because it's it's a, a, such a bizarre scenario. What I will say though, and again, I'm not saying this is this is right, but this is being driven by by commercial factors. Now, again, not commercial factors of there's 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 lucrative money to be made here chasing a dream. This is about financial survival and how. Professional rugby in Wales is is funded now. Presumably, now my my initial thought when the WRU took over the Dragons some eighteen months ago was right. They'll give it a couple of years now, and if it doesn't work, then they'll they'll send the team up to North Wales. <clears throat> I would have thought it would have been much easier if the WRU were the driving force behind it to shut up shop with the Dragons and go, okay, look, it's not working here. We're um we're you know we're we're chasing we're chasing the the North Wales dream. But that hasn't happened for some reason. Now that can only be down to the down to finances. So either you know either the the dragons are in good financial nick and the WE think that they can manage this, presumably as a as a development region. So having them there, not you know not parachuting in the um, parachuting in players on big wages, keeping the wage bill back, having it as a as a region to to bring through talent, which we know there is talent in the Gwent region. Um, so that that I think is is the reason behind the, the dragon saying, and again, that's just my interpretation of it. Might you might well be wrong, but the thing that that doesn't add up in all of this is, like you say, in the in the Ospreys region, 
Neath, Swansea, Bridgend. These these areas have produced, again, phenomenal talent. So to kind of to look at that and say that that's not worth that that's not worth protecting i can only think that they're that they're in severe financial trouble and that that's the only conclusion i can draw i don't know whether that's right or not but if it, it, <clears throat> something here just does not add up for me well yeah you're right it does not add up i mean we've obviously touched that on the on that with the merger and um, i take your points but isn't this um, about a geographical divide? Mm. Um, you know, they want east-west. Yeah. You know, there's two in the west, uh, south, even though there's not, not many miles between Cardiff and Newport, and then one in the north, which I sort of, you know, if you've started regional rugby now, perhaps you would go that way. You've got yeah. a blank piece of paper, but we're past that. But one point I'd like to make is, and this is another <clears throat> another question that I think, another answer, question, sorry, question that needs answering. So, on on the um, in Rodney Parade, the land behind Rodney Parade, which is obviously owned by the WIU, mm. I think it is. Um, obviously, they, there's a lot of journalists on you know ex journalists then on uh, Twitter who are uh, you know saying that this land um, obviously has got huge commercial development mm. uh, sorry potential for the dragons. They can make you know build all sorts of stuff. They get a lot of money from it. But Nigel Short, <coughs> excuse my cough and I got a cold, but, <clears throat> but Nigel Short, the chairman of the Scarlet, stood up in, um, Cree 16, Scarlet yeah. Supporters uh, Club, and he said that in a PRB meeting, that David Buttress, the Dragons chairman, was talking about the, the potential <coughs> revenue they could make out of this in the years to come. And Short said to the Scarlet fans, he said, Public meeting, obviously, so it can be quoted. He said, he said that he said to Buttress, hang on a minute now. You're owned by the WIU. That money belongs to all of us. Right? And then, I'm not going to hold back. You've got Robin Davy mm. on Twitter, who claims to speak to David Buttress a lot, saying that they've got a legal document, saying that all that sort of revenue would belong to them. So mm. why is the Scarlet chairman standing up? Saying that, hang on, all the revenue coming from that belongs to, um, you know, That's belongs split, yeah. to all the members of the PRB. I'm not saying that Buckler is wrong. I'm not saying Short is wrong. All I'm saying is, there's another question that needs yeah. to be answered. It's, I don't know, it's a bit baffling, isn't it? But as you said, I mean, clearly the WIUC, uh, you know, I don't want the Dragons to go. I want the current force mm. to stay. Um, because, you know, so the, do the I, Dragons, so do I. The Dragons have, you know, you, you look at, um, uh, you know, the Wales and the 20s teams. And it tends to, be, I haven't got the figures at the top mm. of my head, obviously, but it tends to be more dragons than, than, um, a, a lot of dragons players yeah. then. And you look at some of the talent there. I know Ollie Griffiths has been plagued by injuries, but what a phenomenal talent. You know, you've got Aaron Wainwright, what an outstanding potential. I've said yeah. in the part a couple of weeks back, you know, you've got Tyler, uh, Tyler's been injured, you've got Tyler Morgan, you've got Leon Brown. Eddie Moss would probably leave for Cardiff, but it's still relevant. Yeah, um, You know, I, I could go on and on, couldn't I, you know, about the talent you've got there. So there is talent there, but it's been underfunded, hasn't it? And, yeah. Um, you know, so I do see, you know, some sort of long-term potential. But if the WU were keeping the Dragons there on the same budget as they're currently on, it's just not going to work. It's just going to go from worse and worse to from worse. And I think 
I think Kelly Jones has done a very decent job, but I think they need to make a big statement of the coaching department. Mm. I think there needs to be a, a pretty big name. Um, I fully understand that Scott Robertson isn't going to be sitting in his house in Christchurch thinking, oh, I love the coach of Dragons. <laughs> I know that. But, you know, they need to go for a very experienced coach and a, a coach with pedigree of, of turning around, um, you know, somebody like the Dragons, um, somebody that's been failing and, and turning them into yeah. a very competitive outfit. And, um, you know, I, I, I think, yeah, there, there is some potential there. But I, I'd really like that sort of, you know, you're talking about, you know, that that sort of land and where that money goes, whether it just solely belongs to the Dragons and the WU or I remember the PRB. I don't know. I think that was a bit confusing that the Scarlet Chairman would say that and then one ex-journalist on Twitter says that the Dragon Chairman says otherwise. So I, I don't know. Um, but um, it's just an interesting point, I think, that uh, it's pretty relevant, really. It is, and presumably, again, you know, one of those one of those parties is wrong and it's another question that that we don't have the the answer to right now. But there's a few more things we want to get through, Steph. But before we do that, we're just going to take a very quick break. Right. Okay. I think a quick break was needed there, Steph, because it's uh, it does get the um, it does get the blood flow in this, and not always in the in the best possible way. Um, but yeah, let's let's get back to it. Um, Something else, uh, something else that, you know, again, there's been lots of headlines in the last week or so. There were reports last week suggesting that, uh, the Cardiff Blues owed over a hundred grand in rent and potentially faced a, a winding up order. Now, again, all of that would suggest that they're not in the, the greatest financial nick either. <laughs> I'm not, I was, I'm not, I'm no accountant. I'm not a businessman, so I'm not going to pretend to, mm. you know, Going to in any great depth, but obviously that, that's a bit worrying. It's, you know, obviously it's not not ideal, is it? But mm. one thing I will say about Cardiff, Cardiff, you get these people saying, "Oh, you know, why we'll get rid of the region in Cardiff and put it in the valleys?" I mean, what planet are these people on? You know, the capital city region, they have the best, most potential for investment. Yeah, you know, they they have the most potential for, as I said, for for money meant to come in and invest them and look businesses and. They should be, I say they should be, they're underfunded as well, but potentially they could be a European superpower, couldn't they? Really? You know, capital city of Wales, um, you know, with the history they've got and with the brand they've got, you know, there was a one yeah. time years ago where they used to call themselves the biggest side in the world, mm. to be honest, they probably were at one time, going back a long time, obviously, but yeah, look, it's really worrying and perhaps Cardiff does, does sort of avoid the scrutiny then that yeah, the regions have, because you would never, ever, in a million years, no same man no. would ever get rid of the Cardiff Blues because they're such a big club and because, obviously, the, the potential in the Blues. But, yeah, I mean, that that's really worrying. But, you know, it, it's it's no secret that Harlem Amos and Josh Adams are expected to join them, the two huge signings. Yeah. Uh, and the back three of Owen Lane, Josh Adams and Harlem Amos is an equal, if not better, to any in the Pro 14, as far as I'm concerned. And, so if they bolster their pack, you know, I, I, I like John Malville. I think he's a really honest bloke. He's a top, top bloke, good coach. Speak to any, any, any Australian rugby man, they rate him. So mm. yeah, I think, um, you know, they're not far off from being a good side, but certainly off the field, that is worrying. But, um, I just think it's, it's Cardiff, isn't it? I mean, there's always going to be somebody there to, uh, come in and, uh, you know, help them out. So. I'm not as worried about them, if I'm being honest. I think they're the best position out of the four regions because 
um, nobody would dare get rid of Cardiff. So I think no. Cardiff reset is, uh, isn't really um, something they should be as concerned about as maybe the other regions. No, it's an interesting point there. And you may, obviously you mentioned the valleys and I know this has been the, the subject of many a debate and, and you're quite right. Look, this, this comes down to, this comes down to financial viability. And the fact of the matter is, is that you're, you're right. You know, the, the opportunity for, for funding, sponsorship, potential investment, you know, is always going to be strongest in the, in the capital city. The, the sad, the sad fact is, you know, and I, I obviously I get the, I get the frustrations of, of supporters in the valleys and, you know, I'd love to see a side representing the valleys at some point. But again, we're, you know, we're, we're in pipe dream territory there. That is a lot of that talent is getting an opportunity at the, at the Cardiff Blues and it's strengthening, it's strengthening them as a, as an outfit. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, people say the Blues are Cardiff Blues, um, ignore the Valleys, but they don't, do they? You know, you just, you know, look at Jared Evans, Dylan Lewis, etc. They're all Valleys products mm. that, yeah, the Blues have brought through and turned into international players. So, you know, and, and you know, people are saying, oh, people in the Valleys have never scored the Blues, but you ask any young kid, no, do, you know, do you, any young mm. players, do you want to come play for the Blues? Of course they are, and their families support them, etc. I think there's a lot of very bitter people in the, you know, not everyone, obviously, most of them are good rugby people, but on, on social media, you see a lot of bitter people from, from that area, and it's sad, really, because, to be honest, I don't really see what the Blues are doing wrong in, in, in relation to, uh, Valley's rugby. I mean, they, they, you know, they, they provide players as well for the same professional size, and they, they release players to them, so. Don't really, um, don't really buy you that, if I'm being honest. In amongst all of this, as you, uh, as you mentioned at the start, yeah. Wales are preparing for a crucial test match in a potential Grand Slam campaign. Will Warren Gatland be able to keep his men focused on the task in hand? Um, I, I'd say yes, if I'm being honest with you. I think, you know, Warren Gatland was very honest in the press conference on Tuesday. He said that, um, <clears throat> You know that, that obviously there was a distra- this was a distraction to the players. I mean, it would be a lie if you said otherwise. I mean, how can it not be? And hmm. um, Ken Owens came out very partial. Ken Owens came out and addressed the press. He was outstanding, you know, in his attitude and his answer. And he said, you know, they're really fired up for this game against Scotland, and it's going to be a tough game. You know, if we just play the way they did against England, they'd win. Not hmm. in the bush, but Scotland have a couple of players back from injury. I've been disappointed with Scotland this tournament. I don't think they play anywhere near their potential and I feel they've got one big game in them. I think it might be on Saturday. Whether it's enough to derail Wales Grand Slam bid, I'm not sure, but um you know, my my gut feeling is that this has probably galvanised them, if I'm being honest. Um so um it has been a distraction, but you know, they're a very tight group. Um they know the the patterns of play inside out and um they, they are rightly favourites for this game. Yeah, and obviously some of the <laughs> some of the stick that the WRU have come in for in amongst all of this has been down to the timing of um, of I guess this week's events. Is that a fair criticism? Do you think? Um, yes, as well. Look, probably not really. If if I'm being honest, with you because you, you can't. This is more important, controversial, than winning a Grand Slam. Mm. Again, professional rugby sorted. Yeah, you know, winning a Grand Slam is massively important. They bring money in, you know, that's why they invest in the game to, 
to wins, things like that. Now it'll inspire people to play rugby, of course, but you can't just say, you know, you're on sensitive political business meetings, which would have huge ramifications for the future professional rugby in Wales and where these current players are going to be playing next season. You can't just say to these people, stop talking for the next three weeks. And then, you know, suddenly they lose three weeks and then these plans get put back another year, which they probably have because the Osprey's not merging. But, you know, I, I don't think it is a fair comment, really. Mm. It's unfortunate. It is a distraction. It's annoying. It's it's very unfortunate. But what, what are they supposed to do, you know? Well, rugby is but more than one Six Nations campaign, surely. That's my opinion, anyway. I, I think, you know, sorting out the, the, the direction against the, of the professional game of Wales against stability and the in the game of Wales is, is the most important thing. This, these games are vitally important. Obviously, we want to win a Grand Slam. It's massive. Um, you know, for the World Cup, etc. Legends are made in the Six Nations. Of course, it's vitally important, but I don't think it's a fair criticism, though. And while we're talking to the national sides, uh, World Rugby, as if, you know, as if enough hadn't gone on this week, World Rugby released plans earlier for, or a proposal rather for, the World Rugby Nations Championship. Now, there's not enough time to go into this um, in detail, but there could be, you know, there could be with this significant financial earning for the WRU if the Six Nations were to, uh, you know, were to agree to it. Um, but one thing is for sure is the future of international rugby is going to have a, you know, it's surely going to have a knock-on effect on on the long-term future of, of whatever the club setup looks like in Wales? Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, one thing we haven't spoken about, Jed, is um, and maybe we should have in, in, in relation to this current situation in Wales, is, um, you know, Simon Thomas and Wales and Lyons mm. played a good piece last week about the um, two first South African sides coming into the Pro 14. Yeah, that's right. Uh, either the, the Blue Bulls, the Sharks, the Stormers, you know, the, the serious teams. Um, you know, I, I'd rather be playing with the English, not yeah. going to but we're down this road now. So um, bringing those in will seriously strengthen the quality of the league. Um, away, I'm not going to do anything about bringing in the away fans. It's, you know, that's what we lack, isn't it? Yeah. The Premiership and the Top 14 has got. But I think that's probably the way to go now that we're down this route. Um, you know, all the talk of a Georgian side, an American side, German side, or nonsense. This is the way to go if we're down this route and... You know, it looks like that they will bring in significantly more television revenue than the other two did. Yeah. So obviously that would help. And CB, you know, I, I, my understanding is that CBC are interested in, in getting involved in the Pro 14 and with the Welsh region. So, um, that, that could change the financial, you know, the landscape of regional rugby in Wales as well. Um, but the key is as well in terms of having the, um, uh, you know, sick Pro 16 is that it does allow you to play less games. Yeah. And, and, and what the Pro 14 lacks. I know the Premiership and the Top 14 play, uh, domestic fixtures during the international period, but obviously the higher budgets, higher quality rugby, better squads, but it really devalues the Pro 14. So if you mm. play less games during the international period, it would really increase the, the value of the league. And I'm sure if CBC were going to get involved, they'd want that. And, you know, they want control of the game, didn't they? The global game. So if they got South Africans over here as well, it helps, doesn't it? So, um, that could be a changer, but I've actually forgotten the original question. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it was just in relate, in relation to, to what's going on in the, with the international discussions, you know, be it, uh, 
uh, a World Rugby Nations Championship or a, you know, um, the unions combining to sell their, their own TV rights, all of these things. There's, there's stuff going on, there's stuff going on above just the RRU that, that could have a knock on effect. But you're absolutely right, you know, closer to, well, not, not closer to home in South Africa, but with the, with the domestic league that we're in, obviously there are plans there that, that seem pretty well advanced that are going to have a big knock on into the, into the league. And, uh, yeah, and of course, uh, the, the clubs themselves. But yeah, I, I think something you touched upon there was, was actually going to be my last point. CVC, this kind of interesting presence around rugby at the moment. Obviously they've taken a, um, they've taken a stake in the English Premiership. Pro, you know, Pro 14 or what would then be the Pro 16 seems to be some pretty strong rumours of them, um, of them wanting to, to invest in that as well. I mean, that is a combination of the, the South African size joining and potential CVC investment. That really does change the landscape drastically, doesn't it? Yeah, you would have thought so. I mean, as, as always, the devil is in the detail, isn't yeah. it? And we don't know the detail. We don't even know what's going to happen, but my understanding is that it's a good chance. So, um, the, the, look, the fact of the matter is we lack cash in Wales. Mm. If it brings in cash, then, Certainly something worth seriously consider, something that, that's worth considering. Um, they're going to want something out of it themselves, aren't they? Really? Mm-hmm. So we have to be a bit careful. Um, but yeah, I mean, if they, they're willing to pump money into this league and into the, the regions, especially, obviously we benefit. We have to, we probably have to go for them, if we're being honest, considering the financial clout to the French and the English. We, we have to go for it. There's, there's no doubt about that. Yeah, look, I, I think you're absolutely right. I guess the the only thing that remains to to be said is is what next? You know, what next for the Ospreys? Um, I think it'd be as you are. Um, mm. We've got a very good chairman in Rob Davis. Um, I don't know him personally, but obviously, you know, he, he, he's taken on the reins. He, he's a wealthy man. He's, he's obviously a very, very good businessman. So. You know, the offer has made a good point. Um, I think if the WU were to pull funding on one of the regional sites, I think it has to give it a two-year, um, yes, you know, two-year notice. Yeah. So, um, you know, that gives Rob and, and the Ospreys time, you know, to, 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 you know, bring in further investment. And, um, and, and we don't even know if they are in a bad financial state. They claim they're in a very good financial state. Yeah. And who am I to deny that? It's just all I'm saying is that these, there are quite a lot of this doesn't add up and there are questions that need to be asked, but I, I just think it'll be the same as it was and they'll carry on talking and um, I'm sure we'll have um, a couple of more grenades thrown out there over the next few months, no doubt. Steph, I think you're absolutely right. So, yeah, watch this space. Steph, thanks very much for joining us and uh, thank you for listening to this as well. Really appreciate, uh, really appreciate everyone listening and, of course, we're really, really keen to hear your opinions. So let us know what you think on Twitter at Attacking Scrum. Make sure you like us on Facebook. There's a Facebook group up there as well called Wales Rugby Fans and, yeah, if you can't get enough of Wales Rugby, get on there and, uh, and let us know your views. Uh, we'll have more rugby when we concentrate back on the Six Nations this weekend that'll be uh, that next podcast will be out on monday and we look forward to bringing you that
Sports Social Podcast Network.